The reason people aren't financially free is they don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. I want you to join Joey and I at the Virtual Inner Circle Live April the 4th through the 6th as we share with you the exact answers to those questions. We only do this event one time per year. I don't want you to miss out. Go to wealthwatchwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter promo code podcast. When you're at this event, you're going to get your investor DNA. You're going to get access to up to six different passive income strategies. So you know, leaving this event exactly what to do, taking our decades of knowledge so that you can start becoming financially free. Go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter the promo code podcast. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can more easily understand them and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. This is your first time joining us. Welcome. Grateful to have you in the room. I'm Russ Morgan. They call me the idea guy. Most because bad internet guy just didn't seem so cool to me. But enough about me for a moment. Let me introduce you to my co-host, my partner. He's the Italian stallion. He's got the license plate cover to prove it. Mr. Joe M. Ray. Stallion, good afternoon. Good afternoon, my friend. How are you? <sighs> Brooke, how's any better be twins? That's what they say. You know, old men have sayings like that all the time. You don't really understand what they mean, but you just kind of nod your head. And you're like, man, I feel bad for that guy. He's kind of going senile. Oh, man. That's, today's topic is why I don't invest in these anymore. Um, is it dad jokes? <laughs> because that was a, a serious dad joke, I guess, right? That's right. But but seriously, how? what is the topic today? Like, what are we breaking down? Why is it important? Well, here's the deal. What? Why should we share with you the things that we don't invest in? I think it's just very simply, if you know what not to do, it's almost as important as what to do. I think about in football, you know, defense wins ball games. And, you know, I know nothing about football, but I at least know that one say. And the issue is what I've learned over the time is if I can say no to nine out of 10 deals, that one deal becomes really, really attractive and it becomes something I can be confident that I'm putting my dollars behind. And so if you can learn that, hopefully from hearing these coaches today, man, I think you'll gain a lot of wisdom. No, that's so good. What you just said there, I, I don't think enough people paid attention to that. I'm going to recap it. Too often times we make the mistake in investing in one thing and it's either going to be good or bad. Now that's not insightful. Here's the insight behind that. What Joey said is that if you see enough deals, right? You said nine out of 10. I would even say if you could see a hundred deals, now that one deal becomes really interesting because now you clearly can start to see the winner. The winner stands out and the things that make it a winner are going to maybe come from some of the lists that we, we share with you today, but also it's going to come from you breaking them down and not be as solely dependent on that one thing. I, I love that. Bastallion, you and I are not the only ones in the room. Thankfully, we're joined by the dream team of financial coaches. To my left, I got Mr. Incredible. His superpower is speed to financial freedom, and the real beauty of that speed is it's contagious. My man, Mr. J.D. Hill. Say hello to your fans, J.D. Hey, fans. Hey, everybody's waving today. There it is. Thank you all. <laughs> Russ, I'm so glad to be here, even though we're not in the same physical room. We are in the same virtual room together. And, uh, and that makes me happy. Why I don't invest in these anymore. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make a statement. 
I didn't mean to cut you off there. I'm sorry. I jumped the gun. That's my impatience coming out. Uh, I'm going to make a statement and Joey is going to clarify it for me because he 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 said it so beautiful yesterday. But but here's the deal. I've never seen a bad pro forma ever. I've seen a lot of pro formas and all of them look really, really, really good. At Go the ahead, end of Joey. the day, yeah, at the end of the day, JD, um, you need to know what to look for in a pro forma. You need to be able to look at what are the things that are not going to line up with me. The things that don't have anything to do with where I'm headed in terms of my own financial future and my goals. And man, it could be real enticing to see that ROI at the end of that pro forma and say, oh, it must be good because of that. But the the end of the story is, man, that's just the beginning. That's just the thing that everybody has to make look good. And it's your job to dig below the surface and figure out what those things are that are not going to be good for you so that you can say no to more things. And by the way, for those of you who are are trying to drive down the road and Google Proforma, like you're like, I don't know what that is. What is that, a brand of t-shirt? No, what they're talking about is like projections, presentations. A lot of times we see associated uh, with an investment opportunity, a slide deck, right? Something like that. All right, let's let's get over. I've got a doctor in house. Speaking of like being able to help us, this guy's a DFM. That stands for Doctor of Financial Medicine. And yes, he can resuscitate your financial situation. Mr. Automated Budget himself, Mr. Eric Hudson. Great to have you on, Eric. Russ Morgan, great to be here. Thank you so much. Love every minute I spend with you guys and happy to be on the podcast today. Why? Is this topic today so important for us to talk about the things that we do not invest in anymore? Let me say it like this. I would like to give you for free what I paid retail for. Mm, I'll take it. Listen to the voice of experience and the louder voice of regret talking. Rusty, mind if I tell you a terrible story? Bring it on, brother. Preach on. When I was in my early 20s, I was um, reckless driving too fast and was driving on the interstate. And I I had looked down at my radio, and when I looked up, traffic had stopped. My only option was to jerk my wheel to the right and just hope nobody was beside me. I did that. Unfortunately, those that were following behind me, I was unable to give them a warning that there was danger ahead, Mm. and they ended up crashing uh, into that stopped traffic. And so for me, I sort of see this like that. I don't want you to go crashing into traffic, crashing into bad hills. If I have the opportunity to warn you and let you know there's danger ahead. So that's what this this podcast is going to be all about is uh, learn from our experiences and um, let us uh, put the warning out to you so you so you can avoid the pain. I mean, speaking of warnings, right? Like I'm not looking any crystal balls. It's pretty fuzzy, even the ones that I will look in. But there's a lot of things pointing to stuff hitting the fan in the near future. And, you know, you you don't have to go very far to see the talking heads who are now starting to point toward the obvious, right? We're seeing the tech giants out there, like, laying people off all over the place. We're starting to see foreclosures starting to mount up. We are seeing what we've already known, which is the government created fire right by restricting trade through covid 
They then pour gasoline on that fire by printing ridiculous amounts of money, right? So now we have a reduced supply chain that has created a, a, a demand which increased prices, throwing money on top of it, increasing prices, right? All these things. Now things are becoming way more expensive. And then they try to blow the fire out. Eric, what happens when you blow a fire? Man, it just spreads. It, it spreads. It literally spreads. And that's where we are right now. They, they've been blowing on the fire by trying to put, to, to slow down the economy by doing what, Joey? Raising interest rates. Raising interest rates. Everything's become way more expensive. The price of goods have continued to rise for all of those reasons. But yet, you know what has not gone up, J.D.? At the same uh, rate? Income. Income. Income has not been going up at the same rate. So where are we, where are we lying? We're lying in a situation where people are running out of money things that, that were purchased, things that were created, office buildings that are empty, all these things are going to create the crash. Stuff is about to hit the fan. And I think one of the reasons I think today's podcast is so important is going to what you said, Eric. There's some of the things that we're seeing. There's some things we're doing. But there's also things we've made mistakes on in the past that's got to help us for all of that. So if you're interested in what those three things are, come right back as we start this podcast. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. All right, Stallion, as we start this off, I feel like there's three big points that we've got to cover. Maybe maybe three big aha moments, mistakes, if you will, that we can help our listener learn from our mistakes. So one, I think things that we're going to know that we're not going to invest in, in in the future is because we have knowledge of the deals, right? We have knowledge of the operations. We have knowledge of the time requirements. I think knowledge of is a big area that we all need to jump into. The second key point is we need to make sure that we don't invest in things where we don't have options. We must have options. Options have to be greater than page 15, right? If any of you have been looking at any of this performance, any of you looking at those slide decks, any of you looking at those PPM subs subscription agreements, a lot of us will, will fast forward to page 15 and start looking at the returns. Gotta have more than just returns. We got to be thinking about what's the cash flow, the tax benefits, the multiple wins, and what are the exit strategies along with that. And the third thing is that we, we can't invest in things just focused on the upside. We must have controlled downside risk protection. And I, I think maybe that we need to talk a little bit about asset back. We need to talk about why we're not going to invest in things that are just paper. We need to think about things that are going to give us return of our principal as one of the most important things. And also what is the speed in which we can get it back? So those are the three big points here. Let's talk about knowledge of. Joey, when you think knowledge of, what is one of those big points that you need to make sure you do so you don't make that mistake again? Well, I, I'm gonna use the idea that, man, I have the knowledge of myself. 
the knowledge of my investor DNA and man, JD is the master of this. So if you haven't been to one of our inner circle live events, you need to, because even just for this one idea, learning your investor DNA and figuring out what are the things that line up with me? What are those things that I know about myself? I'm an S. I am not the guy that wants to be running the ship. I am not operationally gifted as they say, right? If I don't have somebody to delegate to, it's just, there's nobody to take over. I, it's not going to happen with me. And so, you know, I took on a hundred unicorns and I thought, man, this is a drop shipping business. There is no actual operations. It's just somebody goes on the website, they click buy and somebody in China sends them something. And I could just be like, you know, an owner. Little did I know there's a lot more to operating that business than just buying it and letting people in China make stuff to send to people in America. There's a lot of hypotheticals in there. Hypothetically, somebody could go to the website and press buy and hypothetically (laughs) that purchase would be fulfilled by hypothetically someone in China. Hey, dude, there's people on there all the time. Do they buy? Not so much, but there are people that do want to buy unicorn items, and actually, you need to you need to stay too because I do have an operator now in place. It's about to get interesting. There's about to be unicorns flying again. Okay, mm. out of the states. Mm, okay, um, top that one, JD. The the hypothetical tree over here yeah. um, is talking about knowing himself. What, what's something that, what, what's the knowledge that you need in order to do a deal so that you don't make the mistake again? So I'm going to easily top that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting as, as we were kind of noodling on this uh, topic, I looked back on all the times that I lost money in, in investments, which hopefully for those of y'all listening, y'all realize that yes, we lose money, right? On deals. Not every deal we pick is going to be a winner. Um, and, and that's okay. It's okay. Uh, so, so don't feel bad. Uh, we just want to, you know, minimize losses to the best that we can. Right. I try my best to ascribe to Warren Buffett's rules of investing, which is rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two is C rule number one. And so what I've realized though, is, is in the areas in which I've lost money, it's because I had no idea what I was investing in zero knowledge or background or expertise in the area in which I was investing. And I'll give you a quick example. Um, and y'all, for those of y'all listening, y'all know this. I lost a fair amount of capital investing in crypto. Does that make crypto bad? No, it doesn't. It just means for how I'm wired, right? And the things that I'm looking at, it's not a space that I need to be deploying capital or mental energy into because I don't know anything about it. And when I've invested in things that I don't know about, that is the best and fastest way for me to lose money. And so I think having knowledge of where you're investing in and having some sort of background in it or understanding is so vitally important. Because again, it goes back to the pro forma that I said at the beginning, I've never seen a bad pro forma. Well, I've seen pro formas look good, but because I've had understanding of things, I can actually pick certain things apart and be like, oh, that's where this is gonna fail. Or, oh, that's not, how is this gonna work out? Like I can start to ask questions around what they're projecting because I have a background and understanding in that particular space. And so I realized I'm just going to stay in my wheelhouse, which is in real estate. Uh, and that's where I'm going to invest because I have knowledge of that space. I have, I have a uh, background in that space. 
So I think knowledge of the deal is super important. Eric, what's your take on this? Yeah, that's great, JD. I um, I think that another area, along with knowledge of the deal, JD, I, I myself have um, lost money on the deal in a similar situation, not having knowledge of the deal. But then there's another area that for me is critical, and it's the operator. What do you know about the operator, and what does the operator know about the business that they've created this shiny pro forma for that on page 15 tells me I'm going to make 28%. I've recently lost money. I've got a bankruptcy deal going in a one of the real estate crowdfunding sites that were very, very popular. And what's frustrating to me about that is there's actually a review service that every year sends out a report on these operators where I can actually watch, um, uh, there's a, a guy that goes into great detail about the business interactions of these operators and how well they are doing. And when I initially picked that operator, they were in his top percent. But over the last four years that I've not been paying attention, he's been constantly moving them down the line. And at any point in there, I could have gotten out of the deal once it was obvious the operator was not doing a good job. But because I I did my homework the first day, but didn't do my homework the next day, is how I ended up losing money on that deal when all the information was right there for me. So it's very important to be able to track your operators, do as much due diligence on the front end as you can, that this operator has experience not only in the real estate market, JD, but is this deal in Dallas? Has he ever done a deal in Dallas? Has he ever done a deal in this current economic interest rate environment? All the different things that go into this operator being a good fit for your investment. So today's topic is about why I don't invest in these anymore. You know what I don't invest in anymore? I've decided I'm just going to stop because two times is too many. Ponzi schemes. I'm not going to invest in them anymore. I've tried them. You know, they're not what <laughs> I cracked up to be. I'm just saying, you know, like, you I don't gave know it a good run. Is. You gave it a good run, Russ. I mean, I tried. You know, like I bought into the pyramid. It it just did work out. It did not work out for me. And, you know, once was not enough. I did it twice. And I, I think, you know, the, the, there's actually a, a website out there that tracks Ponzi schemes. It's called PonziTracker.com. Mm. And if you've ever invested in a Ponzi scheme, I encourage you to go there just to remind yourself that you're not the only one. <laughs> and you didn't invest in the only one. There was... 40 or 50 different ones you could have invested in. You just chose yours, right? So, And that's per year, by the way, Stallion, that we, we've seen this happen. And I think just understanding the knowledge of, though, being on the serious side, for me personally, I think my level involvement, we talk about our investor DNA a lot and knowing who you are and what, what gives value to you. And for me, Man, I like the ability to add influence to an operation. I love the the idea that I could add value to the deal. And if I don't know how I can add value to the deal, if I couldn't have the potential to to get in the deal and and bring um, extra customers to bring extra value to it, I'm just not that jazzed up about it. And I think when I know that I can, to your point, all of your points, I will know more about the deal. I will know more about the operation. I will know how to 
maybe execute and, and not get into things just because I'm super excited. Because the things I've lost money in, and there are many, I couldn't add value to them, even if they wouldn't have been Ponzi schemes, right? If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system? Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher's saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared though for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30 second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. Moving on. Point number two was why I don't invest these anymore. And it was things that don't give me more than just one option, more than just the return, right? We've got to get past page 15. We've got to quit flipping to the part that says, how much am I going to make in this deal? Because too often times we chase that return, which leads us in a bad position. So JD, you going first here. Tell me what's one thing, what's one option that must be in a deal for you to get involved so that you don't make that mistake that you've made in the past. Yeah, I would say um, I need multiple exit strategies. And here's what I mean. Uh, so I, I flip houses. Uh, I also buy and flip land. And one of the things that I actually love about land, raw vacant land, is the way that you can create multiple exit strategies. So let me give you an example. I buy a raw piece of, of, of dirt. I can A, put that on MLS. That's one exit strategy. I can market it on Facebook on terms. That's another exit strategy. I can go through the entitlement process to get it rezoned into something, into a different type of, of, of property to sell. There's another exit strategy. I can move further down the development process. That's another exit strategy. I can put a structure on it. That's another exit strategy. I have so many different options in getting out of that deal that I'm not limited to just one. And when I look at particular options where I've lost money, take crypto, for example, the only way I make money on crypto is if it goes up much like the stock market. The only way you make money on the market is if it goes up. That's the only way you make money, right? And so I want other options to make an exit so that I'm not single sourced. And, and so for me, I think that's super vital when looking at a deal on what are the other options in the event the one that you're putting on the pro forma doesn't work. Well, yeah. I'm going to add, I'm going to add to your list here. When you, when you start talking about the options that you have to have in my in my opinion is cash flow and you listen to this show because you want financial freedom if you're if you're trying to create financial freedom you know the formula is passive income greater than monthly expenses if your passive income comes in the chunks of every nine months can you really actually leave your nine to five for that kind of cash flow is it when it's so chunky like that can you actually leave and feel good about the future? The answer is no. And I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I had a guy call me and he's like, hey, I hear that you guys invest in businesses. I've got this great business. We're, we're flipping houses 
and we just need uh, a capital partner to come in and invest in our business. I said, well, wait a minute. So you have people that go into deals with you and then you split it 50-50 with that capital partner. You need somebody that's actual capital partner above and beyond that to invest in the actual business? He's like, well, yeah. And I said, um, well, why is that necessary? I don't understand why you need a capital partner to be a business partner. And he said, well, you know, just the, the income is just a little chunky. It's not, uh, it's not very consistent. So ultimately you want me to be your consistency in an inconsistent business that you've created. That's what I heard. And what it really boils down to, even the guy that's creating an investment that he's being somewhat successful at. Now, there's other reasons I wouldn't invest with him because of some of the other questions I won't go into. But the point is, is cash flow is king. And even he knew it and he was at a point where he desperately needs somebody to come in and actually become a partner to help him run the business more smoothly and all, all the things. But he really needs consistent cash flow today because JD is the king of saying you can't pay off the cost of living. And that's mm -hmm. what he's feeling right now. Even as he has amazing opportunities within this business, he's just not realized them yet. And so anyways, cash flow for me is a must. If you don't have it, I don't care how big the return is or how big the potential win is. I'm just, I'm out. Eric, how about for you? What option must be in the deal for you to get in? Cause you've made the mistake of not following that approach in the past and it cost you. Yeah. So let's recap the good ones we've heard. We've heard a good exit strategy. It's a great option. Cash flow is a great option. And, uh, I think for me, you know, the tax benefits of it, if an, an investment's got good tax benefits, I'm going to get good depreciation or depletion from an oil and gas um, investment, then those can be very, very powerful reasons coupled with others that fit your buy box to get into an investment. I want to add one more thing to what Joey said that I really like about cash flow. Most investments are going to give you a quarterly or annual report, and those numbers may or may not be true. But what you can always uh, count on as a good scorecard to how your investment is doing is the actual cash that hits your account every month, every quarter. That is an excellent scorecard to know if that investment is doing well or if it's not doing well. And the moment that that cash flow that you expect doesn't hit your account, you know you need to be on the phone to somebody, maybe talk an exit strategy. So I, I do love that as a, um, a good report card. Yeah, those those uh, Ponzi schemes, <laughs> that's where they rear their ugly head, right? Usually when I've seen those things come to a screeching halt, it's when that cash flow stops, right? That's when people start asking asking questions. Uh, you get, to, you get to write your losses off though, right? Uh, it is a tax strategy, J.D. It's not necessarily a, a, a great one. Good one. <laughs> it is one. It is one for sure. But I, but I can tell you long before Would that not cash recommend stops- your um the reports they're sending you look great long before the cash stops i mean oh, so they're, they're so good i i think you, you guys have hit this one really good we we need multiple wins and deals the more options you have the better deal it is and, and i don't remember exactly the words that one of our previous guests just even said but he, he said he's he's looking for the excellent 
in every deal. He's looking for the amazing in every deal. It There needs to be more than one thing. There needs to be this just amazing part to it that adds more than just what you're normally looking for. And I think too often times we only go in looking for one amazing thing and that's return. And as each one of you said, there's other options that make that deal even better. All right. So going to point number three, recapping number one, we got to have knowledge of things, knowledge of the operator, knowledge of the deal, knowledge of the requirements. Two, we need um, to have options toward how we're going to invest in the deal and the things it's going to provide us, like cash flow, tax benefits, multiple exit strategies. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the downside risk protection, right? Like if we truly are going into rough waters, right? And, and we, we need to prepare, right? Opportunity happens, by the way, in, in bad times. Things go on sale. So there's opportunity for us. And I, you know, we talk about IBC all the time. Like this is the time to double down on IBC because getting our money in a place that we can access it so we can use it to take action is important. But what are some of those things we we need to be making sure we add on so that we don't make some of the mistakes we've had in the past? Eric, you want to go first on this one? I would love to not be able to go first on this one because of my experiences, but unfortunately... It is uh, raw and real with me. So I have a bad investment right now. And um, my frustration with that investment is uh, twofold. Joey mentioned a while ago, knowing yourself. This is an investment that I broke a couple rules. Number one is that um, my buy box said I was only going to invest a certain amount into any one deal. And because of greed, I blew past that. So didn't didn't know myself, didn't stick with my plan. Number two, uh, no more investments for me, Russ, that are not asset-backed. There's got to be something behind this deal, something I can go touch, put my hand on, so that if everything goes bad, there's still an asset that we can get some dollars out of. JD, uh, can you reach in your pocket and hand me all those coins you got, those uh, crypto coins? Listen, I went to uh, BlockFi to to get my ETH out. Those jokers are keeping my ETH and my Bitcoin. They're giving me like a Gemini token for like three dollars. <laughs> I I literally I left it in there. I'm like I'm not I'm not this I'm not even going to attempt to even take this out. This is so disrespectful, so disrespectful. Thank you for that one, by the way, too, Russ. That was a that was a that was a swell swell pick. Hey. You know, that's, that's that's the mistake you made was following me into it. Um, Again, knowledge of what I was doing, you know? All right. Let, let's talk, how can you control your downside? What What's an area that, that you know that yeah. can add value to someone listening based upon your past experience? Especially in today's environment where things are moving pretty quickly. One of the things that I've learned over the past three or four years uh, of being an active investor is that money loves speed. And, and I believe that the speed that you can get your capital back, your principal back, the faster you can get it back, the better. Because the longer term is great. The problem is, is that there's a lot of uncertainty with the longer term hold time. Because I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Take the commercial real estate space, for example, right? Like you got vacant um, like uh, malls, literally in Fort Worth, Texas, Ridgemar Mall, used to be an amazing place. That joker is vacant, right? 
And, and so to me, the faster I can get my capital back, the safer I feel about the investment because then I can take that capital and go redeploy it into another investment. So speed and return of capital and return of principal is so vitally important to me. In addition to what Eric just said as well, like I definitely want something to be asset backed, but I think the speed at which I can get my money back is so crucial. You want to pick this up, Joey? Yeah. So what I'll, what I'll add to this, I'm just going to kind of talk about a couple of examples that really make sense to me from my history. Uh, first of all, investor DNA, we've, we've already talked about it once today, but I'm an S on that uh, scale. And what that means is I'm very trusting, I'm very loyal. And, uh, you know, one time Russell bust my balls about this, but I, I gave a personal loan to a girl who was starting, she had had a business and she needed inventory. It was like hair products. It was like, beauty products or something. I don't know. She had to go to this big sale. She needed the capital ahead of time. She had, you know, I've got, I got to go, I got a tax return that's coming to me. As soon as that comes back, I'll give it to you. And be honest, I just, I just fell for it. I mean, you want to talk about collateral. You want to talk about asset back. Uh, Vidal Sassoon is not that kind of thing that you want behind your, your deal. Like, that is not the asset. No, he's, I mean, uh-huh. Joey's going to have to uh, like rip open the trunk of a Ford Taurus and take out four boxes of shampoo and conditioner and try to get his money back. This was a bad move, guys. I'm just telling you right now. It was bad. I sweated the deal whenever she didn't hit the date. Shocker on uh, paying me back. It was like another month or two later that I finally got the money back. And it was after me hounding her. I was like, this is not the type type of deal I want to ever be involved in because I don't ever want the stuff that's behind it. And then the the last thing I'll say is don't miss what Russ just said about infinite banking. Infinite banking is the place where if you if you have literally no idea what to do right now, and what we're talking about in the market is no joke. Like this is this is about to get real very quickly. And you got money sitting around. You don't need to be trying to figure this out immediately. Like, oh, I need to go invest immediately. Sometimes you just need a good, safe place to put capital and be on the sidelines to take advantage of the opportunity that's facing us. And that's IBC. Like, put it into these companies that are over 100 years old, that haven't missed a dividend payment, right? That continue to grow each and every single year. It's boring. By the way, we talk about asset back. A lot of those investments are kind of boring, but you know that it's there. And uh, when it comes to infinite banking, you're building a system that will be there when you do know your investor DNA, when you do know what the market is now just served up on a silver platter that you didn't see months or years before. And man, that is where you mop up. So I want to call you to that. Um, go to go to wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash free call. Jump on a call with one of these coaches and say, I need to get infinite banking in place yesterday because I got money sitting in the bank. The bank is the first place that's going to fit. Uh, we've already seen that happening earlier this year. The bank is not the place where you need to be. And this is where you need to start moving your money. So anyway, those are my, my two thoughts on control downside. 
all right, if you have a kid riding in the car, whenever we say, you know, cuss words, things that could be offensive, we, we like to throw out a, an earmuffs, right? Like, Joey skipped one a second ago, but I'm going to give you an earmuffs moment right now. Earmuffs. Things that I don't invest in anymore because they're illiquid. I can't get access to the money. Qualified plans, man. Ooh. Okay. You could take the earmuffs off the kid now, right? Like we don't want them to ever hear those words out loud. But I won't invest in those anymore because that's one of the biggest traps for money. And so many people right now are getting ready. There's what, $20 trillion in the market. And I don't know, 50 to 60% of that are in qualified plans, IRAs, 401ks, SEPs, 403Bs, TSPs, the alphabet soup, as Joey likes to say. That money's going to get trapped. And we're going to see those account values start to start declining. And people's hopes and dreams of quote unquote retiring, because that's the word that the, the financial market um, gives us. We're going to retire. Those dreams are going to get put off because we can't touch that money, can't access that money. So we're just going to ride that that big, huge roller coaster again. Right. That's the best hold, on, hold on one second. Hold on one second. You just brought up something that I think we just got done saying all of these things, the knowledge of the deal, the operator, the time requirements, the needs like cash flow, tax benefits, hold up your qualified plan to all of those things. Tell me how many of those things are checking the box right now. Do you know the deal? Let's just call it the mutual fund that you're invested in behind that qualified plan. Absolutely not. Do you know the operators within that mutual fund? Absolutely not. Do you know, is it producing cash flow today? Zero. Is it providing a tax benefit? No, because it's just kicking the can down the the hall for the next big crash and the next big thing to happen. You, this is not helping you, okay? It has zero multiple wins. And exit strategies, there's only one. Literally, there's one. There is no asset backing it up. It's all on paper. You have no liquidity. I mean, can we think of anything worse to put your money into? It's why I'm wrapping it up, Stallion. I'm putting a bow in this thing. Why I don't invest in these anymore? All right. If you if you enjoyed today's topic, I hope you'll share this with somebody. Uh, please forgive us for for ranting sometimes, being opinionated. We just try to give you from, uh, as Eric said, just get, keeping you from running into traffic and, and making mistakes. Hopefully, follow some of the lead, uh, and we're trying to give you a little bit of advance warning toward that. As always, we appreciate you uh, listening. Like and review the show. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.